Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that you and your family are doing well today. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. This is a follow-up podcast. I'm going to be interviewing Casey Butner. He is the pastor of Beulah Baptist Church in Winter Garden, Florida, just outside of Orlando. And I've interviewed Casey two or three times before. And so if this is new to you, maybe you're a new subscriber and you're, you don't know what in the world we're talking about, then uh, I will put down below in the description the links to our previous interviews, and you can watch those and kind of get up to speed. But um, Casey and I have talked in our previous interviews about the concerns, grave concerns that we both have uh, regarding First Baptist Church, Orlando, Florida. And they have, uh, they are uh, openly accepting of homosexuals. In fact, David Youth, the pastor, uh, just a few months ago said that any healthy church must have LGBTQ people, transgendered people, sexually immoral people, and heretics to be healthy, to be a healthy church. And uh, that that is just the tip of the iceberg. So, uh, but we have, uh, this has been a few months since we've done our previous, our last interview. And so uh, there have been a number of developments since then. And so uh, I want to talk with Casey and let you hear from him and we can uh, talk about those things and how that we have heard from many, many people, both he and I, uh, Casey and I both have uh, from current members of First Baptist Orlando, former members of First Baptist Orlando, and they affirm everything that we have said. And um, so Casey, brother, it is good to have you. I hope you're doing well down there in sunny Florida. And uh, thank you for coming back on the program. Yes, sir. Good to talk with you again, Justin. It's uh, good to be here in South Florida. So um, looking forward to when you and Susan Heck come to our church here in December. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. December 10th through the 12th. Is that right? Yeah, sure is. Saturday, Sunday and Monday. And uh, perhaps um, another special guest speaker will be uh, available to come as well, whom you'd be pleased to preach alongside with. So we'll uh, see if that availability falls into place. So Joel Osteen accepted your invitation. <laughs> I <didn't care. laughs> I'll let you call him. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure he'll take my call, but uh, uh, all right. Well, I look forward to that. All right. Well, Casey, uh, so as I just said in the intro, we've, we've already done a few of these and, uh, and you and I have talked about how First Baptist Orlando is baptizing homosexuals. You've had a meeting with David Youth about this, trying to get to the bottom of it, giving him an opportunity to um, explain his position, explain what is really happening at the church. And uh, so all that we discussed in the previous interview. And Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a follow-up. You and I have both heard, both even before the last video that we did, uh, you and I, from our very first one we did, we, we began hearing from people. I saw comments from people in the comment section of the video that I did on First Orlando saying that, yeah, uh, what you're saying is true. I'm a member of First Baptist Orlando. This is happening. You're right. 
but since since then, here in the last couple of months, we've had a lot more feedback from folks. So I'll just uh, pitch it to you and um, take it away. However, what what do you want to cover first? Yeah, you know, I um, didn't know what to expect after our video from the first time and was um, in much prayer and felt in a clear conscience that we had done what was right. We had followed the biblical procedures, had gone through Matthew 18, 15, and gone to them first privately, you know, with the spirit of an appeal and um, wanting to just talk it through. So uh, obviously we've got all of those details on the prior video. Um, And after that, um, some time went by. Um, David Youth uh, gave me a call. It was a voicemail. And um, I didn't recognize his number. So uh, nevertheless, he simply apologized for the ambush and kind of went into uh, that a little bit. So I responded and it went to a voicemail as well and, and said, Brother David, you don't have to worry about offending me. Who am I? Um, I'm just a blood-bought slave of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we will be held accountable for how we handle God's word and the people in the church. So let's talk about everything that Justin and I have laid out in the video. Uh, Don't direct any attention towards me. Let's talk about what's being done there at First Orlando, and let's use the scriptures. So that went to voicemail. to his, um, you know, credit, I guess um, I haven't heard back to him, but his mother passed. He went to Arkansas and back, and so nevertheless, um, many weeks have, uh, you know, gone by between now and then. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't expect to hear from him. He did mention that, you know, he looked forward to the time where we could meet again and perhaps talk some. So that is an open conversation, but um, I don't really expect it to, you know, have anything accomplished uh, through the conversation. It really seems that they've made a decision on the direction that they're going. And um, through uh, the silence, you know, some folks would say you just hear, you know, crickets or whatnot. And when Justin yeah. crickets are much louder because <laughs> there's just nothing here except for they're just moving forward um, and continuing on. So um, I haven't heard any change. Now, I got to be honest with you. If, um, if, if some little old pastor um, out in the country or whatnot, we're not really in the country, kind of feels like it. And, and yourself did a video about something that perhaps I was doing and I was in the wrong. I believe that that would wake up my conscience. I would yes. fall on my knees and repent and go to the people and say, Folks, I've been given to a worldly philosophy. Please forgive me from the bottom of my heart. I am sorry. And then I would cry out to God not to strike me dead for these things. And be transparent. There is such an opportunity right now for David Youth to be a leader in the SBC and to demonstrate that this woke social justice direction is complete heresy. It's worldly. It's going with the worldly narrative. And, and if he would speak up and, and say, listen, uh, this is something that's happened in my own life and I want to be transparent and I want to be a leader for change. I think that it could be a great thing, but nevertheless, um, you hear, you know, nothing uh, on that matter. 
and and um, and not not nothing from Danny either. So you know, David called, Danny didn't. Um, and that's kind of where it was after that. Danny DeArmas being the uh, associate executive associate pastor, I believe. So right. just for those people who don't who don't know. Okay, so um, so Casey, uh, what have what have you been hearing since our last? video went up uh what is the feedback been um have you received any criticism or what what has that been like so like i said i had no idea what to expect and um i have been inundated with phone calls and emails with um nothing but gratitude and gratefulness for the clarity I am so surprised at how many people who are confused and living in uh, pain right now. And Justin, yeah. when I get a phone call from someone who has been seeing this for years at first Orlando, their, their heart is just in turmoil and it literally takes two or three hours for them just to unpack how they feel and what they've seen. And I've got a lot of testimonies whom I can, I can we can talk through, but yeah. Yeah. for the most part, you've got a lot of folks who are really, really confused and how to move forward. They've got friends and family that are tied in with First Orlando, with leadership, and uh, it's it's a it's a real situation. Um, there's a lot of ministry that needs to be done. I can only trust the Lord that He'll utilize all of this pain for His good. And, um, I look forward to seeing people rebound from this. I'll, I'll give you one testimony, uh, just to kind of get things rolling. Um, one gentleman who, um, got out of the army and came back and joined first Orlando and got married and had kids and everything was married there at first Orlando. Um, and, and was there for quite a while. He left a couple of years ago, somewhere around there. And, um, and he kind of felt like what he had had seen, um, he couldn't really talk about because he didn't want to talk bad about a church, especially a pastor. And so he really couldn't say to his friends and family why their family were, was leaving. And he felt silenced for the last couple of years. Him and his wife felt like they were living in a jail and what an awkward situation to be in. And so nevertheless, after our video posted and he saw that he emailed me right away and requested to meet in person. And he shared with me, his personal experience there. And it just verifies everything that we said and more. So uh, even down to um, a racial reconciliation workshop that he and his wife attended. And in that, you know, there were Anley Stanley videos played. There was, you know, critical race theory tenants that were taught they were accused as white people of being racist. Um, you know, he, yep. he personally felt like that David and Danny don't have any accountability. Um, I've had others say that there can be some pushback from plenty of folks there at First Orlando if they do. But um, this one in particular, you know, felt like our video was spot on and he had been there for a long time and he appreciated our warning everyone to kind of wake up and it's time to move on. Um, His uh, personal observations were that the the terminology is being changed slowly. And we use the words conditioning. And he said Uh that sin has been replaced with words like brokenness. 
Yes. And so rather than, you know, yep. preaching against sin, uh, brokenness is the idea. And, um, and he mentioned this, I thought it was theologically spot on that in doing that, it usurps depravity. And so you're no longer addressing the depravity of man. Yeah. That's well, right. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And it's Another, interesting. He would, he said that they were accused of, uh, you know, if you're white, you're racist. Uh, that's straight out of uh, uh, the the social justice playbook, critical race theory playbook, intersectionality, straight out of that. So if you're, of course, if you admit you're a racist, well, obviously you're a racist. But if you say, well, no, I'm not a racist. Ah, see, your denial proves you're a racist. So <laughs> you, 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 it's a lose-lose situation. You literally mm-hmm. cannot win for losing. So either way you go with it, you're a racist with um, CRT and intersectionality. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, exactly right. And along with this gentleman's firsthand testimony and in-person meeting with me, uh, like I said, I've been inundated with emails and phone calls that simply verify everything that will be said. Another testimony from a prior First Baptist Orlando meeting, um, this is what was said, and I quote, I don't regret informing you regarding the sin at First Baptist Orlando, and I'm glad you guys did the video. So one of the reasons Uh, my heart was initially stirred was because of this individual who I'm talking about, which is different from the one at the testimony I just mentioned. Um, I was contacted by him um, and we went and met and it was before our video. And I had just a slew of facts from this guy. And I, I thought, this is insane. I, I, I know that what you were saying is real, but I got to go see it firsthand. So that's the reason why I went to First Baptist Orlando while I was on a sabbatical, just to see for myself what he was saying was true. And and that was the case. And so now you've got one whom is a prior First Baptist Orlando, um, you know, informant, I guess you would say, who was saying everything that I shared with you and that you guys shared online is true. And I don't regret saying and, and letting you know all those things. And in addition to all of the information that we shared already is a ton of uh, pictures via like a Facebook uh, connection that he didn't feel comfortable disclosing. And those are pictures of um, homosexual men, you know, in Bible study, being apart and all that kind of stuff. And um, two married men engaged with, you know, the Bible studies at first Baptist Orlando, I guess, life groups. And, um, so nevertheless, perhaps this testimony with these two men is connected with the following testimony that I've received even just today. Um, I received a phone call and, um, and, and spoke with a prior homosexual, uh-huh. and he had been a member of First Baptist Orlando uh, since you know he was a child. He went through the school uh, there at FBO. Um, and became a homosexual early in life, went to college, um, lived what he would call, um, you know, hell. That's what he described the homosexual lifestyle as destructive. And so nevertheless, after 20 plus years, he came back to First Baptist Orlando and Jim Henry welcomed him and Jim Henry loved him but did not affirm his lifestyle. Jim Henry being the former pastor. Right. Okay. So Jim Henry did a great job with telling him the truth 
and leading him out of the lifestyle and to his own testimony, he would say, I'm forever indebted to Jim Henry and the ministry there at First Baptist Orlando. And I'm so grateful. And he has divorced his partner. He was married to another man. And um, in in his own testimony, he said, Casey, I I still want to see my old partner saved. I still want to see him come to Christ. You know, I don't hate him. So nevertheless, um, his testimony is this. He he called his prior partner up and asked him um, about his salvation. and, And it wasn't there. But yet. He's been baptized at First Orlando and the leadership there. They know him and they know of his open lifestyle with multiple partners and he still was baptized. So that this is, you know, firsthand testimony. And uh, I can only hope that things are tightening up over there. That's, you know, optimistic, but nevertheless, um, he would say, how can I lead my uh, ex-partner to Christ if he feels like he's already been saved and he has been affirmed and baptized? there at First Orlando. And so you see that there would have to be a lot of repentance and a lot of backtracking, a lot of undoing, a lot of work, a lot of one-on-one meetings from David and Danny for the damage that they've done. I I mean, incomprehensibly so. So so you're saying this is someone from the inside, a former homosexual, married to a man. He's genuinely saved now. And so he has joined the ranks First uh, Corinthians six verse eleven. For such right. were some of you. Praise God, he's joined those ranks. But his former partner, um, quote unquote husband, which you right. know, technically was. I mean, God defines marriage, not the state. But at any rate, so this other man is known to First Baptist Orlando, known to the pastors there was baptized anyway, despite him living an open homosexual lifestyle, baptized anyway, and apparently has multiple partners, Mm -hmm. but they baptized him anyway. That's the testimony. Yeah. I I mean, I'll speak for myself here. And um, so I won't put this on you, but if, if that is going on and it is at first Baptist Orlando, you that you can't undo that with the current leadership. Mm-hmm. You can't undo that with David Youth and Danny DeArmas because they have proved themselves to be biblically unqualified to be in ministry. If that's what the pastors are doing, they they're not qualified to be pastors. Right. And so their repentance would be shown by stepping down. And that's, that's what repentance would look like from them because they're not biblically, they're not able to teach sound doctrine. They cannot refute those who contradict. They have a, a woefully inadequate understanding of salvation, of regeneration, of the gospel period. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'll, I'll put that on me. Um, But, um, we kind of covered that in the first video as well, and that yeah. they're disqualified. And it's just the facts of the matter that I agree with you, to be honest with you. And and, and I think that you can probably hear uh, the soberness in my voice. It's it's a sad thing, the day that which we live in, to see these types of things happening. Yeah. But um, that's the truth of the matter. True repentance would be public because of this public sin. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. I... I, I 
I want to make sure, and I've always made sure that I do things biblically. And in First Timothy chapter five, verse 19, it says, do not receive an accusation against an elder, except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Well, I, we'll kind of work through this, but man, try 50, try a yeah. hundred. And uh, I'm, I've literally been swamped with communication and um, I just overrun. And then in verse 20, it says, those who continue in sin rebuke in the presence of all. And that's verse 19 to verse 20 for any of those who feel like that it was inappropriate for us to call out Danny and David publicly. We'll see when an elder sins publicly, he's to be rebuked in the presence of all and get the rest of verse 20. It's very important so that the rest will also be fearful of sinning. Yeah. And that's one of this prior homosexuals points, his testimony of being converted and then now um, developing a healthy hatred for the lifestyle and wants to see his homosexual friends coming out of the lifestyle. Um, he says this, he would say those who are trying to come out of the lifestyle are incredibly vulnerable. And when they see homosexuality on display, AKA serving, you know, at first Orlando, then they think that it's okay and it's easy for them to slip back into the lifestyle. Yeah. And so the demonstration of the affirmation there at First Orlando is literally causing that much pain and suffering and sin. And so for them to continue to do these things and not to say publicly, folks, we've been in error. We've had a few things out of place. We got to repent. Obviously, they haven't even bridged that, but yet how David responded was rather uh, distasteful, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. Yeah, you're talking about the sermon where he, he referenced our video. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'd have to, I don't, have it, I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember exactly what Sunday that was, but that was a couple months ago. Two, do you remember? Two or three months yeah. ago? Whenever we posted the last video, it was the Sunday after. Sunday after, um, yeah. And yeah. he referenced this. He was very clearly talking about us. And um, <laughs> and he said that we told lie after lie after lie about First Baptist Orlando. Okay, so let's talk about that. If that's true, Casey, if you and I told lie after lie after lie, about First Baptist Orlando and David Youth and Danny DeArmas, then you and I need to be working at Burger King. Right. We shouldn't be in ministry. But we didn't tell any lies. We had our facts straight. All of those facts have been confirmed in spades since then, over and over and over and over since then. Um, so what would what would you have to say to what? David Youth said about us. Yeah, so um, obviously, again, it was a case for being inundated with texts and emails and phone calls when that was uh, done. And um, part of living around here, I guess, and us all having mutual acquaintances. So I went and listened to the message, and um, and he was speaking from uh, Ephesians 4.14. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. 
So he would say he kind of referenced us as being the crafty ones and the deceitful ones and deceitful scheming and then called us liars. So um, nevertheless, I, I thought that was um, disingenuous, uh, inaccurate and uh, inappropriate way to respond because you and I are, are not preaching a sermon before people. I'm not using people to step on somebody else. Uh, if anything, this is simply a, a call to righteousness in good conscience. You know, we, we want folks to be able to see what is true and uh, continue to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we have elders who are sinning publicly and nobody calls them out, nobody's rebuking them, mm-hmm. then there's a few things going on there. Uh, number one, our personal calling into ministry should be in question because we don't have the fortitude and the boldness to preach like a prophet in the Old Testament and to warn yeah. others like Ezekiel 33 calls us to be. We're first yeah. of all to warn John the Baptist, uh, you know, preached repentance. Jesus affirmed his messages. Repentance is first. And so we've got to call people to repentance. This is primary. And if we're not able to rebuke those who contradict the scriptures, right in the text of Titus chapter one, right in the middle of qualified elders, then That's we're right. not worth our calling. That's right. So, nevertheless, it's a, it's a sad day there. And when he called us liars, I would just simply say, okay, Let's go back through the video point for point for point. Yeah. And, um, and I, and you, I know you, you would gladly say, please forgive me. If I'm wrong on any point at all, I will publicly say, I'm sorry, I've misspoken. And, um, and that has been my heart the entire time. If I have someone who calls me and shares with me facts, then I'm going to write it down. And brother, I would read it straight to you if I had anything other than verified testimonies. I only have one thing uh, to share with you by way of correction. And um, so let me look for that. Okay. Um, So the the question was, um, and this was so surprising, by the way, the correction came by way of, a question. He said, why in the world would you guys call, or he actually was talking to me, call them out publicly? Why would you do it publicly by name? And so I listened, you know, to about 30 minutes of of grief and um, was very, very humble, very contrite. And then just simply said, well, in second Timothy chapter two, verse 17, Paul calls out gossip by name with Hymenaeus and Philetus. And then in 2 Timothy 4.10, he calls out Demas, who was a deserter. And yeah. then he called out by name those who caused harm to others in the faith, and that being Alexander in 2 Timothy 4.14. And then he called out by name those who deserted the faith in 2 Timothy 1.15, that being uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes. It's hard to pronounce yeah. those names, but that's yeah. who they are. Yep. And then in 1 Timothy 1.20, Paul calls out, Hymenius and Alexander for shipwrecking their faith. And, you know, this is Paul right. being an example to Timothy 
And church discipline obviously is missing in our ecclesiology and how we do church by and large, not at our church. We do church discipline. If a sheep has gone astray, then we go through Matthew 18 very clearly, very gently with the goal of restoration. Yep. yep. And so nevertheless, um, I shared the scriptures, not stories. (laughs) Right. And then to my surprise, there was a complete U-turn in the conversation. Really? I feel like the individual was probably just sharing the hurt from the heart, but knew that it was right and it needed to be done. Yeah. And so to be honest with you, we don't have even one um, iota of a correction um, from the last video. And that to me is, is astounding. I I want that to, I want that. I want people to hear that. I want people, I want that to seek in with people. So after two, and I, I did one video myself, and then if memory serves me, at least we've got at least three videos on my YouTube channel dealing with this. And um, I can honestly say with a crystal clear conscience before God, I have not had one person email me or call me or whatever and say, Justin, you are wrong. Here's why you're wrong. You're wrong on your fact. Here's why you're wrong. That you know, not not one single person has done that. Now, there's a guy who has a YouTube channel, and he's put videos up. I don't know if you've seen them or not, but criticizing us, saying that what you know we lied about Fresh First Baptist Orlando. No, we didn't. No. We have not lied. There, there's not not one thing that we have said has been refuted. Um, and if if it had, I would I would absolutely own it. You would own it. Mm-hmm. So we've made very serious allegations against a very large, very prominent Southern Baptist church. Uh, and nothing's been refuted. Yeah. And it's, it's all of it. All of the feedback, 100% of the feedback has been confirmed. And then some. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll run through uh, some more, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, Please. So they've got a, a large private school and a testimony from a prior teacher at the First Academy there, First Baptist of Orlando, um, testified of the same, seeing the same things. And uh, in fact, over 10 years ago, when she started spotting the decline, the downgrade, I guess you could say, if you're a Charles Spurgeon fan, yeah, right? Um, Whitney um, Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S, Whit- Whitley Pips came and he was a guest speaker. And I guess um, he was sharing some critical race theory tenets uh, on a Sunday morning. And that caused, you know, a lot of concern way back then. So nevertheless, um, the teachers are definitely caught, you know, in a conundrum. If they see these things um, and whatnot, what are they to do? Um, Another um, prior uh, First Baptist Orlando member who was also connected with the Brazilian church there, a Spanish ministry. I'm not sure if they have um, two different Spanish ministries or not, but um, nevertheless, they say the Brazilian families are leaving in the droves as well over this mess. So that's a testimony. I can't verify it, but that's what's been said. And the prior member called again and said that he was baptized there. And uh, now God's called him into the ministry and he is a pastor um, he's moved on. I don't know where he's at, but man, he appreciates us standing strong. And then, um, another former homosexual called and testified to the same thing. Um, 
let's see, a pastor in Texas called, not Tom Buck, by the way. Okay. Um, and he knows people at First Episode Orlando and was incredibly appreciative of the stance and the clarity because there's just a need. These people know people there and they're concerned about their friends and family. Um, believe it or not, a, a member at First Baptist Woodstock called and um, man, his his email was scathing towards First Orlando, but mm. appreciative to us for standing up. You know, he, he said, I personally want to thank you for not compromising the word of God relative to critical race theory and the LGBTQ initiatives as being accepted by many of our Southern Baptist Convention churches. I have just listened to you and Justin Peters about the heresy that is taking place at First Baptist Orlando. At the moment, I'm ashamed to even be identified with the SBC. It is apparent to me that the current leadership of the SBC is embracing both critical race theory and the LGBT agenda and initiatives. They have already uh, capitulated on women pastors. It also appears that the North American Mission Board is partnering with First Baptist Orlando for uh, church plants or startups on the campus of University of Central Florida, and that's true in many others. They've got other church plants as well. And this will only compound the issues with the SBC embracing what God calls an abomination and a perverted sin. So, uh, you know, I I can verify his um, and what he has said. Um, When when someone sends this email and talks about women preachers at First Baptist Orlando, the last thing I'm going to do is come on with you and say, yes, if I don't know for sure. Right. So I did. I went and checked it out and just looked around and it's, it's very true. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, here recently, they've had a woman preach on Sunday morning named Kelly Minter. She spoke on May the 1st, then Stacy Facker on August the 18th um, at their church plant as well. Horizon West is a church plant that's um, pastored by Chris Ogden. And um, he had Holly Rockefeller speak on May 22nd and then Stacy Thacker in August as well. And you and I both know that First Timothy 2.12 says that I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man. And if we trust God and believe in his words and we tremble at his word, I can't help but read Isaiah 66.2. Thus, all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one, I will look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Amen. I must admit, I, I tremble representing God in his word every oh, time I speak. I, yes. I, I tremble at misrepresenting God and saying yes. what is a slightly not true. I yeah. just cannot imagine. I, I would not be able to sleep, Justin, if I did one iota of a thing that was out of line with God's word. My conscience mm-hmm. would just shredded yes Uh, my my peace would be gone i i just i can't even tell you i mean i would run to repentance i would i would i would do everything that needed to be done to be right with god yeah but to continuously to go down you know this road obviously we differ with them um theologically egalitarianism is a stance that david youth clearly stands upon which is not complementarian and that opens the door for women preachers and a lot of other things that opens the door for pragmatism. 
And once you allow this downgrade to start happening, really what you're doing is appealing to the people, the majority. You're kind of pulling the community to see what's popular. And you're formulating your ministries and your messages based upon what you think the people want to hear, what's popular, to kind of get them in the door. And once you are on that hook and you're reacting to the culture, it's going to sink you. And it's going to take you to the very bottom of the culture even down to accepting critical race theory, homosexuality, LGBT, because this is what our culture is hungry for. And that is the road that they're on. And I'm just, I'm so, so surprised that with so many at First Baptist Orlando now being made aware of this, that there hasn't been just an onslaught of people to push back on this and to make it a clear statement from the leadership. This is not who first Baptist Orlando is. We want to make sure that everybody knows that we stand on the word of God. And I believe that they can, there's plenty of people still there who love the Lord and who, who know Christ and who value the inerrancy of God's word who can stand. And if, if they say we're not going to stop it until but here's the game, and this is another firsthand testimony. The game that's played is this. You call the office and request a meeting. You're a member of First Baptist Orlando, right? Uh-huh. Well, you, you may be granted a meeting. There's just only a chance. And then if you are granted a meeting, it's months out. And then after months go by, you get the runaround. And so that's how they intentionally delay and wear them out. Now, to their credit, they have met with a lot of people since our video and have been in cleanup mode and have been trying to work hard to salvage. But it was the same story that they fed me. So many who met with David and Danny came back around and and said, yep, you're right. Everything that you said that they said to you, they said to me. Same stories. And so that's how the game is played, which tells us that they've made their mind up. They're continuing the direction that they're going, and um, the die is cast. They're 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 not changing course. So. Yeah, yeah, no, and no, and and, and they won't. Uh, I mean, they they won't. Lacking a a uh, sovereign move of God's Holy Spirit on their hearts, uh, they won't. But uh, as I said a, a few minutes ago. Okay, so we're, these differences, we're, we're not talking about whether you're pre-trib or mid-trib or was right. the date of the Exodus the 13th or the 15th century or did Paul write Hebrews or did Luke write it? We're not talking about minor issues here. We're, yeah. the, what we're talking about go to the heart of the gospel, the heart of sin, the heart of the doctrine of man, the heart of the doctrine of God. Uh, our, our Christology, the atonement. I mean, these are primary issues. Yeah. First tier primary issues. And so if they can't get these things right, then, then, I mean, that, that's not a church. Mm-hmm. First Baptist Orlando is not a church. It calls itself a church, but it's not a church by the biblical definition of the term. Mm-hmm. It's not a church as how God defines a church. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 says, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you. Yeah. Not even, not even a hint of immorality not should be even, even 
named or yeah. spoken of, but much less characterized. Right. And, and you and I would add whether it's homosexual or heterosexual sin is not to be named among God's people. It is. So, I mean, this is just stunning. And I'm looking at the notes you sent me before the, before we started recording. Um, you say there's another testimony from someone at first Baptist Orlando who witnessed two homosexual men being baptized in the baptistry together. Yeah. So one of the men was baptized and what they promote there at first Orlando is that if, you know, you lead someone to Christ, you should come in the baptistry with them to support them. So oftentimes there's the pastor who is baptizing the one being baptized and then uh, the support or the friend or whomever. So oftentimes you'll have three or more people there at the same time in the baptismal waters. And I um, mean, that's cool. But at the same time, if everybody, and this is the testimony, everybody knew that this was a couple, two men, a couple, and a couple. one being baptized. A couple, a homosexual couple being baptized. Both in the water. There, there's, yeah. no, there's no defense of that. This is, there is no defense. Um, it, it, is, um, it is an indictment on the SBC that they haven't kicked this church out of the denomination. I don't even know why First Baptist Orlando wants to. Well, yeah, I do. I, I just answered my own question in my own head because of the direction the SBC is going. But, yeah. um, I yeah. mean, 10, 20 years ago, they would have joined the, uh, the uh, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, which is the liberal. You know, they were, they were right. too liberal for the SBC back you know, after the conservative resurgence. And so they broke off, they formed their own little, little play party. Yeah. You know, the liberals uh, who didn't, who didn't, who came out on the losing side of the conservative resurgence. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember that. Or no, I remember reading about that. I, I know. Yeah. I, and that that's surprising. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm from North Carolina and First Baptist Church of Winston-Salem, where I was born, now is pastored by a woman, and that's a cooperative Baptist church. I remember thinking, yeah. oh, this kills me. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, I, I heard today, I had another phone call come in, and that um, Danny removed um, one of the homosexual couples from service. So... Um, at first, you would think, oh, that's great, right? Um, that, that's good. However, as I thought about that, um, it seems that they're still untrustworthy. If they have been doing this for a long time, yeah. they get a little bit of pushback. They're still reacting to what is most popular or whatever the need is. And so they remove a couple and that is pragmatism. If you're simply going to do what works to try and save face, that's not repentance. That's not making it right. That's not doing what we talked about. Uh, That's not running to Christ and saying, please forgive me for making this error. You know, you know, my heart, God, I did it intentionally to try and grow the church, to reach the masses, whatever the heart might be. That's the only thing that I can guess. But it seems that they are like the ones who are pushing the waves of doctrine around. 
the cultural waves of doctrine and and such. Well, I've I've heard it said. Maybe you've heard this little um, saying: "A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still." Still, yeah. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So, mm-hmm. so if this had been something. A, a conviction from his heart, uh, then he would have done this a long time ago. I mean, it, and again, this is, this is not high level discernment here. This is, this is Christianity one Oh one stuff. Yeah. And, um, and we mentioned in our last video, uh, Danny, correct me if I'm wrong. It was either Danny or David told you regarding baptism that we're still trying to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Danny. <laughs> yeah mentioned that he was he divided into two different categories one that affirm the church doctrine and those who defer so those are his made-up words affirm and defer so if you affirm the doc you believe the the doctrines that the church you know espouses and then if you just simply defer to it the category that he described it as was those who just simply have not maybe crossed over into faith that's danny's words crossed over into faith but yet they defer so at the same time, you think, okay, if they haven't crossed over into faith, you, why you are they can't being baptize baptized? them. Right. right. Why mean, are they being baptized? Like you mentioned before, this is the very basics that are being skewed. Yeah. So, um, And, it, and it, let, me, let me say, while I'm thinking about it, Casey, because I think this is an important point, I, that, uh, that fellow with a YouTube channel that, that delights in criticizing us, um, one of the points he made, well, well I, I went to their doctrinal statement i went to their website looked at their doctrinal statement and and what justin and casey are saying about the church and what they believe is wrong and look here's their doctrinal statements good doctrinal there's lots of and i there's lots of false churches that have a decent doctrinal statement that would pass a basic doctrinal smell test and joel osteen's church has that uh kenneth copeland's church has that i mean they're gonna they're gonna throw in the the lingo, but you know, I'm all for a detailed doctrinal statement. You can go to my website and I, I wrote my own doctrinal statements, very detailed. You know, you can see exactly what I believe on, on most everything. Um, but it doesn't matter. So I mean, there's a lot of churches that teach against their own doctrinal statement that teach things that are a contradiction to their own doctrinal statement, but they just have that on their website just to, throw a dog a bone just so, you know, they mm-hmm. say, you know, yeah, look at my doctoral statement. I, you know, but right. they, but what, but they go and they teach and they practice their orthodoxy and their orthopraxy is in contradiction to their own statement of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in reference back to the two homosexual men who were asked to step down um, the phone call that I got in regards to that particular testimony um, this gentleman was talking with this couple and, um, these two men, the couple, and he asked them about repenting and, and separating. And this is what the homosexual couple said. They said that they have prayed about it and they have heard from God that it is a loving monogamy. I knew that you would like that a loving monogamous, um, relationship but you'll love this response. The response was this. Um, I have no doubt that you have heard from a God. And I thought that was a wise, but yet, um, you know, straightforward statement. 
And, you know, yeah. I could read a ton of scripture to just to portray our heart, just in case there is anyone from, you know, the homosexual community or the LGBT community yeah. listening to us, you know, first Timothy five or one five says, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith for some men straying from these things have turned aside. So there's plenty who have turned aside and yeah. our instruction here. Um, would just be from a sincere heart. We we truly want the best for everybody, and that would be um, wh- whatever sin it might be to repent from that, to yeah. confess before God, and to cry out to be reconciled and saved through That's the right. atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, nevertheless, we we continue to use whatever platform God gives us to be able to spread the gospel and and share the hope of Christ with those who are trapped, especially underneath these these pretenses. Um, I truly hope that perhaps we may be a catalyst to be able to help move people towards boldness and demand from the leadership, whether David and Danny step down and other leaders come, however it works, that they would clarify their belief in the sufficiency of scripture, not just the inerrancy, but the sufficiency mm-hmm. of scripture yeah. and make it very, very clear publicly. I mean, uh, you talk about the world watching I mean, they're on television. Uh, they've got a yeah. huge f- following on media and uh, yeah. the attendance, you know, there it's three services, not that the place is full or anything, but man, it's first Baptist Orlando. Unfortunately, most around here, would say if first Orlando is doing it, then that must be uh, what is to be being done as a church. That must be right. That's, that's coming from the higher ups, right? That's what they would. And and I'm verifying that with you. If, if first Baptist Orlando is doing it, they're our example. Now, obviously uh, we would refute that and say, no, Christ and the scriptures are our example, but I'm just saying how it is. And most Pastors would look to First Baptist Orlando or other larger churches to see how to do their ministries. And if I could just say, don't do that. The scriptures are sufficient. Our ministries are prescribed. God is enough. Preach the word of God. Let God have the results. Let him grow the church. You just focus on growing the people and let God do these things. So um, never let. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I echo your your heart, Casey, in, in that um, if, if there are any homosexuals watching us, uh, you do not hate homosexuals. I do not hate homosexuals. We, in fact, I would say, and I've, I say this all the time in my seminar that I do, Clouds Without Water, but the most loving thing you can do for someone is to tell them the truth. Amen. That's the most loving thing you can do. The 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 most hateful thing you can do to someone is to know the truth, but don't tell them. If right. you really want to show someone hatred, know the truth, but don't tell them. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I happen to believe first Corinthians six, verse nine, when Paul says, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor revilers, nor covetous, nor swindlers, uh, will inherit the kingdom of God. Right now, homosexuality is not the only thing that will send you to hell. Absolutely not. But if you die in that state, 
you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you die in an unrepentant state in your sin, whatever that sin is outside of Christ, one of which is homosexuality, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so you and I actually believe that. And, and we don't want that for people. We don't want that for anyone. We, we want them to come to a knowledge of the truth. We want them to come to a, to a place of genuine repentance and faith in Christ. And we want them to join the ranks of first Corinthians chapter six, verse 11, when Paul says, but such were some of you, you were those things. You were a reviler, but you're not anymore. You were a covetous, but you're not anymore. You were a fornicator, but you're not anymore. You were a homosexual, but you're not anymore. Mm-hmm. Because you've been washed, you've been justified, sanctified. Yes. So that and there is real freedom. There were people in the Corinthian church who had been who got saved out of homosexuality. They used to be homosexuals. They used to be Corinthianizers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they weren't anymore. They got saved. They 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 heard the gospel. They repented, placed their faith in Christ. They were saved. Old things passed away. Behold, all things were made new. They became new creatures in Christ. And and I believe that. I, I believe you and I believe that. We believe that the power of God is the gospel, and then it can save people, homosexuals included. Yeah. And this is nothing new. You know, the Colossian church was being tempted with a heresy. And uh, these were, uh, by all means, Christians within the Colossian church that the Apostle Paul is talking to in Colossians 2, 4. I say this so that no one will delude you with a persuasive argument. And so that's the beginning stages of Gnosticism. And then in verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And so it's just simply, we have to tell the truth so that those who are being tempted, because Satan's a tempter, to tempt them to be drug away from Christ so that they can see Christ for who he truly is. Colossians chapter one is one of the strongest cases for the deity of Christ. And this is essentially... Um, an assault on Christ himself. And I mean, what I have to say, I have one verse for Danny and David. And if by chance this video could get forwarded to them for someone who has their cell phone number, it's 2 Timothy 1.9. And I would kind of preference this. If you're called, I don't know how anyone can do these things. He's called. But if you're called for second Timothy one, nine says, God has called us with a holy calling. Our culture has switched the attributes of God around and reprioritized God as love as a first priority rather than his holiness. Yeah. But holiness is who he is. First of all, that's right. Secondly, he's love. And, I fear that a lot of those whom are trapped in the homosexual community would be confused by David's language and how he capitalizes on the love of God so much over the holiness. And the holiness demands judgment of sin. So these things that are absent in his preaching, by and large, not always, you know, there there's hints and there's drops of sin here and there, you know, that he'll talk about. 
but he is not addressing the primary issue of today. What our culture will drag you out into the streets over and and mock you for is if you buck the LGBTQ movement and this gender identity movement and how medical professionals and therapists and such will lose their jobs if they go against this narrative. It's entrenched. And I can't help but believe that First Baptist Orlando has, has done their homework. They've done their studies. They know where the world is going. Yeah. They don't want to be persecuted. They don't want to see First Baptist Orlando you know, shrink in its size or lose their numbers. This is all personal speculation. It's the only thing I can come up with. Only as reasonable to, explanation. Yeah, the pragmatic explanation for why they would abandon the scriptures and do these things. So nevertheless, I I have prayed um, a whole lot for David and Danny and for First Baptist Orlando and most assuredly for the people there. And I sought out some advice as to whether or not to um, do a, a follow-up video. And one pastor of a, a large First Baptist church said this to me. He said, Casey, I used to be an attorney and you need to stack the evidence, represent it, so that it can be clear to those who are confused. And at that point, I thought to myself, I know for sure that there are hundreds who are still confused. And if by chance uh, a follow-up video would bring clarity and restate that what we said before has been verified by multiple testimonies, and maybe that would help them to be able to make a decision for them and their family. Or maybe that would help them to be able to stand strong and be bold and fight the good fight of faith, whatever that looks like um, for, for them yeah. in their context. So uh, yeah. certainly have a clear conscience. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our, our first video, or maybe I should say my first video I did based off of primary source statements directly from the mouth of David Youth and Danny DeArmas and going back all the way to the Pulse nightclub shooting back mm-hmm. in uh, 2016, 17, 16, I think, uh, going back to that and the horrific statements that were made there and what happened there. Um, but after that, uh, I started getting confirmation from people who were members of First Baptist Orlando. Then I interviewed you and we started getting more and then our previous video went up. And so since then to now, I mean, the, the evident, it's just been an avalanche. Yeah. It's just been an avalanche of confirmation. So we've had confirmation all throughout this. It's just, uh, now it's just, it's just absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. You know, in, in the book of Titus, one of the things that he was instructed to fight against was uh, those prophets who were coming in and uh, preaching for money. There were hirelings yeah. and, um, Titus, you know, was a younger man and he was faced with an unsurmountable task to go in there and straighten out the churches. And it's possible. It just takes one bold, strong young man or a family or a group of deacons. The deacons over the years there at First Orlando, uh, so I've heard, have been gradually dismantled and um, usurped and overlooked. And the deacons meetings have just been informational. So the leadership has told them, you know, what's going on. And However their constitution reads, I I don't know. But deacons are qualified servants in the church, and they have clout. They have influence. They have a voice. They have the ability to make change if they want to. If they come together and they pray and they demand 
that their leadership publicly state and make it clear where they stand on all of these issues, social justice, critical race theory, homosexuality, LGBTQ. And that comes down to the specifics. You know, when Lifeway did a recent um, conference there, um, they had a social justice warrior come and speak, Jackie Hill Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. State clearly to the leadership, we do not want anyone who is affirming to this movement at this church, nor the church plants, period. And we, we want to hear this publicly. I, I, I can't think of anything better that could happen. The very fact that you would give the pulpit to Jackie Hill Perry. I mean, she says that uh, she would, you know, she was a lesbian and she says she's not now. Um, she's married now to a man, uh, but she is very much woke, very much into social justice has no problem at all with same sex attraction, um, which is also sinful, but uh, not in the woke world. It's not. So um, yeah, that, that speaks volumes that they would, they would have her. So it, it's, you know, I keep coming back. I said it before, but I'll say it again. Um, I hope, I hope they'll repent. I, I really do. I hope they will repent, but this has been going on at this church for so long, for years now. This, this right is underneath not, the noses of the members. Yes. Yeah. This is not a, you know, a, a one-off or one or two things that kind of, you know, slipped in. And yeah, you know, th- this has been going on for years yeah. It's been the stand, it's been the settled disposition of the leadership at this church and, and they're not qualified to be a pastor. Yeah. They're not qualified to be in leadership at a church yeah. um, at all. It, and it, it points, I'm sorry. It, it points to a bigger problem as well. Like you kind of mentioned already that there isn't any parliamentarian procedures for the SBC leaders in the convention to kind of do anything except to disfellowship them. And so that would be our call as well. Disfellowship First Baptist Orlando, unless hold them. I mean, you got it right here. Look at this. The SBC church. We are called, especially planters, to pledge that women cannot be pastors. I mean, that is policy. And to go against the policy regards uh, some type of follow-up. Yeah. So, nevertheless, what we have, what, what kind of recourse do we have as pastors and churches? Well, our money goes into the cooperative program and that goes to places like the North American mission board and through NAM, it's sent to the send, you know, program to places like the Florida Baptist convention, Florida Baptist convention is partnering with NAM with first Baptist Orlando to plant churches. And so our cooperative funds are being given to missions and church planting efforts and many other things, theological education, you name it, foreign missionaries, North American missionaries, but specifically right back here to church plants. Mm-hmm. So you've got a violation of policy. You got a violation of scripture happening right here underneath our noses. It merits a call for explanation and change. Yeah. It, it merits this. And so this is, a pledge, and they have um, broken that. You know, guys like Rick Warren have been getting away with it for years. Yeah. Uh, he just resigned and, you know, named his successor. And this couple also has 
um, you know, women pastors at their church. So I guess Andy Wood and Stacy Wood both are teaching pastors, and now they're going to follow Rick Warren, and they're still a Southern Baptist church. Mm-hmm. You know, he ordained three women pastors some time ago, and the list just goes on and on and on, not to mention the, the, min, the many things that we've talked about already with homosexuality and the convention before. Yeah. So anyway, I want to drag it all out, but it's just so deep and so connected. And what I'm finding is that when I call and um, kind of try and work my way up the chain of command, um, of course, the SBC is not a hierarchy. So, you know, you, but you do have leadership. So I call and they'll listen, but they, there's just nothing that they'll do. And they will be very optimistic in giving them the benefit of the doubt. And then when I kind of push back gently and say, well, what if I was to tell you, I got facts about this, this, and this, and this, and, you know, and then a, a change of subject happens yeah. and, and stuff like that. So sure. nevertheless, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one other thing that was rather striking. Um, a lot of predominant pastors in central Florida were invited. Conservative predominant pastors were invited to meet Ron DeSantis here recently. And um, now, generally speaking, anything uh, that happens that, have, that is of any notoriety, any popularity, anything at all that's that's big, there's going to be representation from First Baptist Orlando there. And it is the center church. It is the biggest church. So um, nevertheless, um, obviously, the invitation would have been extended to First Orlando to come to meet Ron DeSantis and have a meeting. Well, um, I got in through a friend. Not that I'm anybody. So I, I got in through a friend and I was able to bring our associate pastor and I was able to meet Ron DeSantis and sit in a meeting with him. It was fantastic to hear from our governor who was doing so well at fighting against critical race theory and social yeah. justice and all of these things. I well, like Ron DeSantis. I like, but yeah. anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We want to keep him. So yeah. <laughs> I want him in the White House. But anyway, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So nevertheless, I just thought it was noteworthy. Um, in that they were not there at the meeting with Ron DeSantis. And I went back in my mind the first time we met, and they claimed not to be a part of the conservatives in the Southern Baptist Convention. So in the midst of 80 conservative pastors in, here in Central Florida attending this uh, meeting, uh, they were not there, and there wasn't any representation there along with the fact that uh, they are not part of the conservative Baptist network within the Southern Baptist convention, whom are doing their dead level best to invoke change in the SBC and to get Tom Askall uh, voted as the Southern Baptist convention president, because he is very clear and very humble, um, but bold to be able to stand up against the woke agenda, especially by his video, by what standard, he has revealed um, everything. And so all the facts are laid on the table. And if anybody listening is not seen by what standard, they've got to watch that yeah. video. That'll re-clarify everything that we're saying and how it's kind yeah. of working its way through. 
And then they also are supportive of Bodie Bauckham to be the Pastors Conference president. And he has said that he would platform expositors that would speak to the issues of the day. And I'm excited about this. There's thousands of churches that have joined the Conservative Baptist Network, and um, First Baptist Orlando is not a part of that. Um, Now, their name is on the pastor's conference list there that precedes the Southern Baptist Convention next week as a financial supporter. And there's a lot of woke pastors on the list to preach uh, before the convention. And so, nevertheless, um, all of these facts continue to add weight to their actions. And I know it's hard as a member of First Baptist, not, not that I'm a member, but for the members at First Orlando, I know it's hard to discern because it's a massive issue and there's so many different moving parts. But we're just simply trying to talk slowly about all of these little things and how all of these little things reveal a narrative. There has been a decision. They're going in a certain direction and it's been verified. I don't know what else that we could do. And then moving from beyond the members to perhaps the pastors here in central Florida, whom seem to be aloof to the subject. I think that um, they're comprehending what's going on. And their heart is agonizing. And when you're comprehending this, there's a season of agony that you go through, and it almost renders you speechless. You don't know what to say, much less know how to fight against it. But I'm just going to simply say it. It's time to man up and speak against this garbage and stand and be on God's side no matter what. Forget about your reputation. Forget about your position. So what if your church fires you? So what if they ostracize you? So what if David and Danny say something negative about you? That doesn't matter. I mean, Jesus covered that in his first sermon, Matthew chapter five. Blessed are ye when you're persecuted for my name's sake. That's right. Yep. If I keep going, I'm going to get too passionate. So I think I'll pull in the neutral. Well, no, hearty, hearty amen to that, brother. Hearty amen. Um, well, Casey, thank you. Thank you very much for, um, for your conviction for your willingness to stand on truth and, and, um, and, and to speak out on these things publicly. And I know it's not an easy thing to do, especially in the, in the environment that you're in there in Orlando. Uh, so yeah, I, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. And Hey, you know, one thing that I'm impressed about is the homosexual community whom are trying to come out of the lifestyle or who have already come out of the lifestyle. They have been so gracious to me on the phone. Their emails have been kind And I've been impressed, honestly, by them more so than even Christians. That says a lot. That that says a lot when former homosexuals uh, will, through all of this and watching all this and watching our videos, have called you and affirmed you Mm -hmm. and affirmed. I mean, they're not affirming you. They're just affirming the truth. And um, so that, that and that speaks speaks well of them, speaks, speaks well of the power of the gospel. That's what it really speaks well of. Amen. All right. Well, Casey, uh, again, pastor at Beulah Baptist church in winter garden, Florida. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate our friendship. I, I do as well. I do as well.
Dear ones, thank you so much for watching this. I uh, hope that it's been helpful to you. And uh, let me just say to any of you who may be watching, maybe you're a member of First Baptist Orlando now, and you're, you see these things and you know that there's a lot wrong, uh, but you, you just, you've, maybe you're, you've been there for a long time. You've got friends, you've got family members that are there. Please hear my heart in this. There is nothing more important than the nourishment and shepherding of your soul. There is nothing more important. No weightier task can be given to a man than to get up and to preach the word of God. As, as Casey and I said earlier, we tremble when we do that because of the weight of the task. So you need to be in a church that has biblically qualified leaders, biblically qualified elders that is, that are who are committed to expositional preaching a church that practices church discipline per Matthew 18. You need to be in a good church because it's only there that you can grow. A, a, a church congregation is simply not going to rise to a level of spiritual maturity above that of its leadership. It's just not going to happen. So if you see the problems that we're talking about, then uh, find a good solid church and join yourself to it. And then, then and only then will you truly be able to to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we want for you. Okay. Thank you very much for watching. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, interested in more teaching resources or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference you may contact him at justinpeters.org